Welcome back, folks, to another edition of Get to the Point. I'm Joe DeLeon, and with me over the phones is Sean Anderson, who is in the great state of Virginia. How are you doing today, Sean? Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, it's about 95 degrees outside, and I'm inside a house painting for work today. My boss cut me some slack. It's been a pretty good day so far. That's yeah, pretty good to get to be inside on such a hot day. Is there air conditioning, at least? Uh, I'm in the attic, so not really. Ooh. But, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Okay. Well, I'll try not to give you too many tough questions here. Don't you sweating any more than you probably are. But we're going to get right into it. And the biggest news that broke in the sports world recently was that of Kawhi Leonard, the all-star shooting guard for the San Antonio Spurs, who has always been a staple for that team since the likes of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili started to decline. He was expected to be the next step forward and then the guy that was going to continue the legacy of Popovich and also the legacy of the Spurs. But recently, Kawhi Leonard decided that he no longer wanted to be with the Spurs. There were some potential reports of a rift occurring between him and Greg Popovich, and it ended up being the case of him wanting to leave. So now that he has basically stated that he wants to be traded, it leaves things open for him to go pretty much anywhere. There's any team that is a perfect fit, and I'm sure any team is currently in the bidding for him. Where do you think Kawhi Leonard, Ka- Kawhi Leonard will or should end up? Well, this is very difficult because Kawhi Leonard has the uh, Clay Thompson syndrome where any team that he goes on will be automatically enhanced. So it's hard to predict across the league given that he could improve any team and play with any players. But uh, So I'm going to have to stick with the reports that he wants to go to Los Angeles. I don't think he will go to the Clippers. I do believe he'll end up going to the Lakers. You don't think the Cavs? I'm not saying that's... Continue. You, you don't think he'll go to the Cavs? I don't. It, it, it depends. This is going to be one of those domino effects where when one falls, there will be more clarity to be provided for the entire league. So wherever LeBron goes, then we'll see where Kawhi goes and where Paul George goes, now all of them. So I think after July 1st, when LeBron makes his decision, they will have more clarity on the topic of where Kawhi Leonard will be going. Okay, so fair point. And I I actually saw something, I forget what outlet posted it on Instagram. It basically said that There is no one team that LeBron, and LeBron's obviously the key piece in all of free agency, there's no one place that LeBron could go that he would make the super team that will beat the Golden State Warriors. Ultimately, maybe the Houston Rockets would be that team, but overall across the board, if you look at all of them, it's all a matter of who he can bring with him, and if he can get Kawhi Leonard on board, that could be a dangerous unit. I also saw something that Bleacher Report tweeted out where it was saying that they could turn themselves into an absolute super team if they traded for Kemba Walker. Or Is Kemba Walker a free agent? He's a free agent next year. Okay, and then also if they traded for Hassan Whiteside and also signed Paul George. That would be a really good team on paper, but what do they have to get, have to give up? That's the only problem. They don't have as many assets as they would be able to give away for all those players. Hassan Whiteside might be a little bit cheaper, but at the end of the day, Kemba Walker's probably not going to be that cheap, and Paul George, money-wise, is going to cost them a lot of money towards the cap. That would be an all-star team if they could assemble it, um, but it, it's going to happen after LeBron. I don't think he's going to sign anywhere after July 1st. 
once LeBron's decision is made, then it's all going to start falling into place. It's going to be tough and also very interesting to see how that situation turns out, especially considering that LeBron always brings a lot of drama and attention with him wherever he goes in these free agency-like situations, particularly from the first one in which he decided it was a good decision to make a nationally televised broadcast on his decision, which made the situation a lot more worse than it needed to be. And then the second time, there was a lot of things that swirled around with it when he came back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But now we're going to go into the real reason why we're here, because we want to keep talking about our top five players at each position group. And if you don't remember and you didn't listen to the other episodes, these rankings are done specifically on the assumption of how they're going to turn out at the end of the 2018 season more prospectively than rather than how they're coming into it and we're taking into account things like statistically how they affect their team how their team does and performs all those things so just to break down our rankings that we had coming into this week for me and sean before we start talking some questions i had julio jones one odell beckham jr two antonio brown three josh gordon four and michael thomas five Sean had Julio Jones as well at one, Antonio Brown at two, DeAndre Hopkins at three, A.J. Green at four, and Odell Beckham at five. So there's some crossover in the guys that are in there. There's three guys in particular that are on both of our lists. Lists. Who do you think has to be on this list, Sean? It's my one. It's Julio Jones. Why is I that? I think just the, the name speaks for itself. He's the most dominant receiver in, fo- in football in all aspects of his game. Okay, but that that obviously is a fair point, but sometimes in some cases these number one receivers and these best overall guys that are built to play the best don't end up finishing as the best receiver particularly. And also, I don't believe Julio... Julio had a good year, but he wasn't top of the league last year, mostly because Steve Sarkeesian does not know how to scheme an offense whatsoever for the NFL game. So, besides the obvious that he's built to play receiver, what around him or or what specifically about the team that he's playing for helps him, do you think? Steve Sarkeesian coming into his second year, hopefully with the team, he'll get better. And then Sarkeesian also was with Calvin Ridley at Alabama. So, I think him and Ridley will have a good connection. He'll be able to use a player that he knows to help Julio Jones get a, a more open and more looks also. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And my big reason why I put him at one was because, and also he's the reason, the guy that I think has to be on this list, is just merely because they've gotten a lot better as an offensive unit just by adding Calvin Ridley. Ridley might not play to an incredibly high standard. He might not be a rookie of the year candidate. But I think with the guys in that unit as a whole, he alone could probably get 900 receiving yards, which is very good for a guy that's probably probably going to be a number two receiver or maybe playing out of the slot. We're going to see how he ends up doing and where he's placed on the field. But on paper, if you look at the depth chart, I think the the Atlanta Falcons easily have one of the best receiving cores in the league. I agree. And I think it, it does fall on Sarkeesian, though, because uh, last year Antonio Brown had 15 more targets uh, than Julio Jones, and Antonio Brown only played 14 games in the regular season. So two less games and 15 more targets is a pressing matter, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's very true to see how things end up turning out, especially with the number of games played. There's some guys in the mix here that have had some injury problems and also some offensive woes, particularly Odell for the both of us. 
But who is the most shocking pick on here? Who do you think, to yourself, this is going to surprise a lot of people? A.J. Green. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting one. How come? I believe everybody is bought into the whole Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Green uh, scuffle. Oh, my. Wait, you think that's going to make him a top five receiver? (laughs) I think the way that it was spun and how Jalen Ramsey called him soft and said that he manipulated A.J. Green and all that, I think people see that and think of A.J. Green as a weaker receiver. That's that's an interesting perspective, but at the end of the day, though, why do you think that's going to make him in the, into a top-five receiver? I'm not saying that's going to make him a top-five oh, receiver. I okay. think that he is a top-five receiver, but I think the public's perception of A.J. Green after that fight with Jalen Ramsey, okay. uh, he is now not in the uh, limelight, but he's been cast a shadow. All right, that's a fair point. My guy that I also just so happens to be at my number four, and I, I feel like trending-wise, I think our most shocking guys are always sitting somewhere in the four range. Mine was Josh Gordon. And I know a lot of you are thinking, why in my right mind would I pick Josh Gordon? Well, if you watched him play in his all-pro year and the year before that, he was a dominant force. He's huge. He's absolutely built. And he's meant to dominate against NFL defense, particularly in the AFC North. The only problem that held him back was not a matter of skills, not a matter of injury like we see with some other guys, but in this instance, it was a matter of him not knowing how to put down the drugs that he was smoking, and Johnny Manziel's gone now. Johnny Manziel's out of the building, and he's no longer going to be a negative influence on him. There were times in which we thought that Josh Gordon was going to be trending in the right direction. It just so happened that things weren't going to go that way just because Johnny Manziel was a party animal and ended up being a bad influence on him but I think as soon as he gets back into a rhythm and starts playing he has a lot of guys around him that are going to make him better it wasn't like before where he had to be the guy that needed to be depended on to have a good game in this situation you've got Jarvis Landry you've got Corey Coleman well Coleman might not be up to par with Landry and Gordon he's still going to be a great guy to catch the ball and take away the pressure from the other two and also be a good dump off for Tyrod Taylor or, God forbid, if somehow Baker Mayfield makes it into a game. But one thing, like I said, one thing is for sure, Gordon is a much better receiver than than we're giving him credit for. You're talking about how A.J. Green gets a negative shadow cast on him because of the Jalen Ramsey situation. Well, in this situation, he's got a negative shadow and he's been cast off almost because of the drug problems. Because he has no self-control, Joe. Okay, but I understand that he's got no self-control, but if you're addicted to... Obviously, marijuana is not very easily addictable to, but at the end of the day, though, some people just don't know how to handle stuff like that, don't know how to handle the life of an NFL athlete, and don't know how to handle the drug testing and that you can't be doing stuff like that. I think he figured it out now. You don't think so? I don't know, Joe. Okay, here's a scenario for you. If you could have your dream Mel Kuyper job, but they said that you couldn't eat any fried pickles or any fast food that you wanted to eat, then it was a law, and if you did that, and you want, if you wanted to have that job, it's your dream job, but you just couldn't eat fried pickles, which I know that you and I both love so much, would you still eat the fried pickles? Probably not, but let me just point this out, though. So people, hey, one second, one second. No, people's people's, people's brain chemistries operate in very different ways. Some people have very addictive personalities, and there's somebody I know particularly. And if I said his name, you'd be like, 
oh, that makes sense. There's one person in particular that I know has a problem with smoking weed. And also, whenever it comes to other stuff, he's, I know he got extremely addicted to, not get, not extremely addicted, but uh, he went to a casino and a couple times he kept wanting to go back, go back, go back, and he kept losing money. And then as soon as Fortnite came out, he stopped going to class and all he was doing was playing Fortnite. So, I, it, certain people, he's not, it's not like that's, he's a bad person for doing that. Certain people just need help. Certain people have mental problems and they can't, they can't fight off that willingness to be addicted to something. And I, I think Josh Gordon's one of those I'm, people. I'm not saying he's a bad person. Yes, obviously. I'm just saying that you're comparing a college student who may not have as many cares in the world at this moment as a professional athlete that could be making millions of dollars and living his dream life. And that's okay. comparable in my I, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But it was obvious he was immature. He did take the right steps, though. You have to admit, he did take the right steps. He did try to go to rehab. It's Any? not like he just kept failing drug tests. Okay, fine. Give me a full year. Give me a full year, Josh Gordon. That, that's me, what I'm saying. Me. I think this is going to be the full year. I think Josh Gordon is bought in. Hugh Jackson wants him there. And I think he's ready to play. I don't see how you could predict that when he hasn't played a full year. Fair point. But we're going to get one. I promise you, this season, there's a reason why I put him in these rankings. This season is going to be his first full year, and he's going to be a beast. I promise so, you that. You'll, you'll put your reputation on it. Yes, on, I will put Well, it, okay, let's be fair. It's not like any of the 20 people that listen to our podcast are going to call me out for it. And I'd, <laughs> I'd bury my reputation. But, yes, I'll put my reputation on the line. Okay. God, come on. But in all fairness, though, people make, make poor assumptions all the time and are still – like Stephen A. Smith I, does I, it on a regular I, basis. I assumed that LeBron was going to win the uh, championship this year, back in uh, November, October. Oh, yeah, wait, didn't we have a bet with that? Yeah, I put my reputation on the line. I lost. No, 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 wait, wait. We got to find that podcast. I think we had a bet. I just remembered that. I I forget what the bet was. Oh, God, I wish I remembered. We should have wrote it down because I laughed at you and I said I bet you something that, that he won't. You can go back in the logs. They're all there at GTTV Podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Oh, God. That makes me sad. I wish I knew off the top of my head. But <laughs> next question is who is a guy that can sneak their way into the mix as far as like a number six guy that's on the edge, but it won't be too much of a surprise if he ends up being within the, the top five of the receivers. Keenan Allen. Oh, that's a good one. How come? I think uh, him being us being able to see him have a fully healthy season last year with a healthy Philip Rivers and the Chargers offense that's starting to find itself was a really good sign at what he could do and his potential. So if he can stay healthy this next year, I see him having really good numbers and being a really solid receiver. All right, I'm about to hit you with another shocker, Corey Davis. Oh, I don't think we were able to see a full year from Corey Davis, and I think he's playing with a good quarterback in Marcus Mariota. And he's got good size. He's got good athletic ability, and he's got great hands. And he once he was healthy and he was playing, in the playoffs he looked pretty strong. He was obviously not a dominant force. He was a rookie. But oftentimes these rookie receivers, unlike the, the 2014 draft with Odell, Mike Evans, and all those guys, these rookie receivers take that next step forward into their sophomore years, and I think this is going to be the year that 
Him and Mike Williams, too, also has the potential to take that next step forward. You don't think so? Joe, do you think Corey Davis is going to do better than Mike Evans next year? Um, I, ugh, that's a tough one. What about Alan it, Okay, but the, the only problem is, though, well, is Mike, Davis Mike, wait, 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 Mike, uh, yes, I think better than Alshon Jeffrey. There's too many receivers in that receiving well, core. Will he do better than Adam Thielen? Yes, I think he's going to do better than Adam Thielen. There's a reason why the guy was taken at his top five pick. It's a top five pick. It's not like I'm, like I'm talking about somebody that was washed up and no longer good. He was taken that high for a reason. He's big. He's quick. He's got great hands. He's just ready. He's getting ready to feast on NFL defenses. And if this next year isn't his year, the year after that will be the year. Will Will he be better than the most overlooked wide receiver in the league in T.Y. Hilton next year? Ooh. Um, overlooked by both of us. I'm going to say yes just by a little bit, though. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's performance is completely based on if Andrew Luck plays. That's the only thing I'm going to say. I know he does well without him, but for him to have an elite... He needs last year. What? He had the most receiving yards in the league last year. Did he really? Yes. I didn't even know that. All right, well... I'll give you that. I guess I didn't. I, I honestly didn't even. Wait, did he actually? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I I, I, I need know. to look I that up. I I remember I he was like top five, but I didn't. I'm pretty sure. Now now you got me double guessing myself here. I want you to do this to me, Joe. I don't know. We're trying to. I'm looking up right now. Uh, let's see. Out of my mind. Rece- no, no, it was Antonio. No, you were off. You were off. Two years ago. Two years ago. It was two years ago. Bad. That was when Andrew Luck played a little. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, my bad to the listening yeah, audience. Yeah, it was Antonio uh, Brown, Julio the- Jones, Keenan Allen was the guy, which makes the most sense. I, I, I don't disagree yeah. with that one. If it's not Corey Davis or Mike Williams, it's going to be uh, Keenan Allen. And then it goes DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen was fifth, Michael Thomas was six, Tyreek Hill was seven. So we weren't actually interestingly enough our, our I feel like our rankings are kind of in unison with these receiving stats from last year even though I don't think either one of us looked at them instead we looked more from a positional standpoint and a depth standpoint with the guys around them. Now the Gosh, la- uh, what? I can't believe I made that fumble. No, you're good. I mean we all do it. Oh, I can't believe it. The last question that oh, yeah. I that I, I have at least I didn't put Josh Gordon in my top 5. Oh, come on. You hey you you gave me you said all right that's a good one when I said it beforehand you just want to give me give me a hard time now I did not say Josh I did not say Josh Gordon was going to be a good one I said oh geez get ready to argue no you said that about Odell whatever yeah you had Odell <laughs> number two yeah he's for just... a guy that's so hung up on injuries and coming back from injuries it's surprising to have Odell Jr. Who, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, but he comes. He has been a guy that comes back just because Saquon Barkley comes on the team. It amazes me. He's a guy that comes back well from injury. He was hurt the first few games of his rookie year, and as soon as he came back right away, he played great. I don't. I just. I can't imagine that he's not going to do the same thing. It amazes me. All right. Well, as much as you think, would would more injuries or less injuries make you perform better? Less injuries, but he hasn't had that many. He's had three, none of which have been major except for last season. 
thank you, Joe. What do you mean, thank you? Well, you just proved my point. How did I if prove your point? If you go back into the files and all the the slander you've thrown to players that have been injured and coming back off injury, and now you're coming back for your boy Odell here. Okay, but I usually talk about these guys in different in very different situations. I usually talk about running backs. I talked about uh, David Johnson last week because he's going to get 300 plus carries, and it's going to be tough to do that when he's had injury. He had an injury last year. And then I believe the other only other the only what if I said if you had said the addition of Saquon Barkley and Will Hernandez to the offense would have propelled Odell to number two spot I don't think I don't think those two guys are going to have as huge of an impact on the passing game as I'd like to as I'd I'd like to Will Hernandez isn't a isn't the best pass blocker he's a great run blocker but he needs some he needs some help in his, his pass blocking um, technique at the end of the, uh, oh my god I'm like I can't even talk right now um, this is what happens when you try to podcast when you're sick I don't think Will Hernandez is going to be a huge impact in, in the in pass blocking I think Nate Solder will be and I think Saquon Barkley obviously will take pressure off of Eli making more opportunities for Odell to catch the ball but I don't think those two guys are the key factors for him having a big year he's been having big years without him That's all I, I just say. think those are my reasonings for having Odell in. I think that you have a better offensive line. I think you have a new running back that can actually provide a running game for the New York Giants since Ahmad Bradshaw, the first one since those times. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to give a, a better opportunity for him to thrive in the receiving game, not because he can bounce back from injury really well, and that's a good trait that he holds. All right, fair enough. Last point that we have is what rookie could contend to have a good first season in the league? Who do you think? Rookie. I like the uh, the kid that the 49ers picked up from Washington. Pettis? Did yeah. I say Pettis? I really like Pettis. How come? All he did in Washington was produce. Uh, he was never uh, an issue he just produced when he was uh, given the ball. He's a speedster. He's uh, reminiscent of Marquise Goodwin. I, I like him, but he has better hands than Goodwin. No, he uh, doesn't. I really like Pettis. Pettis has terrible hands. I was just about to say, you know, he's, he can't catch a ball for his life. Yes, he can. No, he can't. Have you watched his tape? Joe, when they went on that big run, it, he wasn't dropping clutch touchdowns. He was catching them against Alabama. I mean, obviously, he, he plays he well. He played well in the he, played, he dominated college football. He played well in the big games, but if you watch his whole tape, all he can do is run. He's wor- He's not. He's like a poor man's John Ross. All he can do is run go routes, and he doesn't have as good a hands. I don't know why you think. Yeah, you think he's a poor man's John Ross? He can actually run routes. John Ross cannot. What? No, complete opposite. You want to talk about complete if you want to talk about opposite uh, route running ability? No, 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 no. For a guy that I, I no, there's no no. He he is not as good as you think he is. Okay, Joe. So you think DJ Moore? Yeah, I was gonna say DJ Moore. He was a first round pick for a reason. You want to talk about drops? What about him dropping the the clutch touchdown versus uh versus Rutgers to win the game? Dropped it on fourth and goal. Back of the end zone. I, I did not. I did. It. I did not see that play. You didn't see it? No. Oh man, it was all over the place on draft day. 
I'm not I'm not trying to berate you. I'm just surprised yeah. you didn't see it. I don't know. I just I think that he's he actually has because we don't know what this we what we have with Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that there's more receivers around him. There's more opportunities around him, and Cam Newton's going to be throwing the ball a lot better now that he has the guys around him to do so. Do you think who who do you think is going to be a better receiver for the, for the Panthers, DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey? Ooh. Probably DJ Moore, because I think they're going to run the ball with McCaffrey more than they did last year. Obviously, he had 80 catches, which is insane for a running back, especially for a rookie running back. But I think that his his production is going to be a little bit more mixed. I can see that. I like that answer. Yeah. I, I thought you were, I thought you were going to stick with Moore, but I, I wanted to see if you would have gone out on a limb for McCaffrey. I mean, as much as I'd love to, considering I love Christian McCaffrey, but... I think Moore is going to be the better receiver just for the reason that he's he's playing the receiving position. I understand that McCaffrey's got great hands and he could play a slot on any team, but they're going to they're going to run the ball with him more. They're going to run the ball. I think they will too. But one last question I have for you, I think before we wrap this up. All right. How come you don't think that the top 2 wide receivers in the league next year are going to are going to be Julio and Antonio Brown? but Julio and Odell. How come Antonio Brown gets excluded from the top two? Just because I think Antonio Brown's starting to get older. I, I'm one of those people who likes to harp on age as far as production uh, goes. I understand there's certain guys that continue to keep producing. I'm not saying a huge fall off. I just think Odell's going to overpass him a little bit. This is going to be a better, a much better year for the Giants overall. And Julio, for the reason that I, you know you obviously have to keep him in the number one spot, on any ranking, but I just I see the the uh, the Giants having a good year this year, and I can see Odell being the reason for it. Not Saquon. Saquon's going to play well f- for obvious reasons, but Odell's going to be the heartbeat of that offense, like he's been in the past. Interesting. Uh, I think Antonio Brown's is just a two. He's just the second best. I think he runs routes better than anybody else in the league. And the only reason that he's not number one is because if Antonio Brown runs a route at, you know, 10 out of 10, Julio runs it at a 9.98 out of 10, you know? Mm-hmm. He, Julio's just so versatile. But, I mean, Antonio Brown is can can take over a game, I think, more than Odell Beckham Jr. can. Given the, mm. if we want to look back on the Jaguars-Steelers game in yeah. the playoffs last year, Ah, uh, yes and no, because we. I I, I think it's pretty. E- I think it's pretty even for the both of them. I think it's pretty even for the both of them. I think that they both can take over games. Because Odell has done in the past. Odell has had those 150 yard, two plus touchdown games. Yeah, but could he have made that catch on Boye? Yes, of course he could. He's got better hands than oh. AB. Oh no, no no no! You don't think so? That's, no, that's Odell's I, biggest I, strength I, is his hands. I, I mean, if you look I, at them, they're very similar players. Joe, I look back at one play that lets me know that Odell Beckham is not a top three wide receiver material. Is it, the, is it where you got no fight? The, the, the Giants-Panthers game a couple years ago? Yes, it's the one where he got into a fight. Is that what you're going to say? 
Yes, that's the game. In the first quarter, he dropped a wide open touchdown pass. Wide open, burned uh, everybody. Okay. No, was no one within ten yards. Dropped it, took him completely out of the game. All right. Julio dropped eight passes last year, led the league, and we still both have him as number one. Okay, but to be to be fair, I, I'm curious. I'm to be fair. I'm curious to see. I'm sure his targets were a lot higher though. Who's Julio? I'm sure Julio had way too many targets. Like in comparison, I'm pretty sure that it was something Julio like that. At 15 less targets than Antonio Brown last year. Oh, he did. Huh. Yeah. But he's still up there though. The only point I'm trying Julio to make though is those, those eight drops. He he was seventh in the year in targets last year. Okay. Seventh. He had 148. Hopkins had 174 in first. Then Antonio Brown at 163. Fitzgerald 161. Landry at 161. Keenan Allen at 159. Michael Thomas at 149. Julio Jones, who played every game of the year, 148 targets. Please tell me you looked that up. And you didn't. You you don't have those numbers off the top of your head. <laughs> Oh, no, I looked it up. Oh, that'd be hilarious if you had that off the top of your head. Oh, yeah. Well, 2018, at the end of the day, is going to be a surprising one. We're going to see how things turn out. There's a lot of young guys that are still yet to prove themselves. You got guys like Laquan Treadwell, still hasn't done much. You also have guys like like Mike Williams, like Corey Davis, that are still trying to make a name for themselves. Heck, even John Ross in that receiving class from last year. Josh Doxson. Or Josh Doxson, same guy. Guys like that that are still trying to break the mold of being a bust and want to dominate the league. They can take that next step, but we have to wait and see. This list obviously won't be the final list. There's going to be a name on there that neither of us even considered. That was probably an undrafted guy that we didn't even bother to think of. Probably the next Adam Thielen, if you will. But I do like Thielen. Yep. I. At the end of the day, though, we don't know how things are going to turn out, but you can never go wrong without saying Julio, Antonio Brown, and Odell. Thank you for tuning in, though. This is the conclusion of our episode. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at GTTP Podcast, and follow us and subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, as well as TuneIn and Google Play. Thank you, folks. This was Get to the Point.